We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Craig Carton joins us now, FanDuel's responsible gaming ambassador, to talk about betting responsibly. Good morning, Craig. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Well, we had a little technical issue, but we got it cleared up. And the good thing is nobody got electrocuted, so it's a win, right? Yeah, the power didn't go out. You're still alive and on the air, so that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Tell me about response. Tell me about FanDuel first of all. And um, I have it. I love it. I downloaded the app. Um, we're mm-hmm. here to talk about responsible gaming. I, I like to look at it as a video game almost because I make bets and I win and I lose. I make small bets. Um, sure. And then I can just keep the amount on my phone, although you can get your money back pretty easy. I just I just like to watch the total go up and down. Tell me, generally speaking, what FanDuel is. Well, listen, FanDuel at its heart is a, a wagering platform uh, on college and professional sports, uh, and it's a form of entertainment that you know the American public has not uh, had legal access to up until a couple of years ago. And obviously, you know, over the last couple of years, the proliferation uh, coast to coast has been at a rapid pace. So you have more and more people that either never did it, were not sure how to do it, weren't sure you know, where to even start with it beyond you know, your average casino gaming who now have it literally you know, in their back pocket. So FanDuel, as many other companies have, have grown exponentially in that regard because the American public has what is very clear now a, uh, a fascination with and an interest in being able to wager on sports that they think they know a lot about. You know, and this Super Bowl coming up on Sunday is going to be the most legally wagered Super Bowl of all time with $16 billion being wagered by uh, Americans. So I got involved with FanDuel because, unfortunately, I got to a place in my life where gambling was not just a big part of my life, but it went from uh, recreational and responsible to uh, compulsion and addiction. And I partnered with FanDuel about a year and a half ago, knowing that as they grew and as the marketplace grew, there were going to be more younger gamblers gambling for the first time that you know might not know what they were doing, might not be aware of the possibility of going down a bad road. So uh, we're here today to talk about gambling is not a bad thing. It's not some seedy back alley thing. It's fun. It's recreational. It's social. But there's some things you should do to, uh, just to you know, protect yourself from yourself as you first get into it. And that's why we're having these types of conversations. You know, it's been glorified in some movies like Mississippi Grind and Rounders, not necessarily sports betting. But I think mm-hmm. I think the first thing somebody has to recommend, uh, has to realize rather and recognize is that this is not a way to avoid work. This is not a way to generate income. This is just a recreational activity. 
Yeah, this is not a job. If, if your idea is that you think you're the smartest, you know, fantasy football player out there and you're going to quit your uh, day job because you think you're going to make a living gambling, you're not. There are no more than maybe three or four legitimately successful sports gamblers or even casino gamblers on the planet. So when you see guys on TikTok or on Twitter, you know, claiming, you know, that they support themselves solely through gambling, they're lying to you. Uh, they probably support themselves by selling picks that are no better than, you know, a pick that, you know, my chickens can make. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reality of it. It's supposed to be fun. You can win money. You can lose money. Uh, and it's your money. So the idea is that you want your listeners to go into this weekend especially, and then, you know, March Madness after that, or if they get the bug where they want to play, whether it's casino games or sports wagering, that they're aware of how to limit their exposure. And that comes with either your time limits when you play, setting a budget when you're going to wager, uh, not borrowing money to wager, you know, having a, a partner with you while you're wagering, and, uh, and other things along those lines. Let me talk about your story a little bit, if we can, because I know you're mm-hmm. pretty open about it, Craig. How did you first notice, or, or maybe somebody might recognize themselves in your story, uh, tell me what happened to you and how it got out of hand. Sure. You know, I, I gambled since uh, I'm a kid. You know, I was a New York City uh, street kid, and gambling was as part of my life as, you know, drinking water from a hose, you know, back in the late 70s. And I got to a place where I started making more money, and I started betting more. And then I got really cocky and arrogant and thought that I was the greatest blackjack player to ever walk into a casino. And for an 18-month period, I would have put numbers up, that you know would have uh, you know backed me up on that, which is nothing but arrogance and you know you know crazy talk. Hubris, and yep. I got to a, yeah, absolutely hubris. And I got to a place where the only thing that mattered to me was gambling. So I, I did a morning show in New York City at WFN Radio, and unfortunately there were some days where I would drive an hour and a half to a casino at three o'clock in the morning, wow. and I would play blackjack for a half hour, get back in my car drive an hour and a half back to make it back to the studio in time for my show. And I unfortunately got to a place where playing cards, and for me, although I was a sports gambler, blackjack was kind of my nemesis, where that was the most important thing in my life. You know, I'm blessed with four beautiful kids. I had a great job. I made a lot of money, and none of it mattered. The only thing that mattered to me was when am I going to play next, where am I going to play next, um, what level of uh, finances am I bringing? How am I getting that money? Where am I getting the money from? And for me, it became all-consuming. And in that you know, process, it went from you know, social gambling and recreational responsible gambling to me being uh, as lone as much as possible. You know, most compulsive gamblers don't want a crowd. They don't want people to see them gambling. They don't want people to know that they're gambling. So because of the levels I was betting – I was afforded the opportunity to gamble in private rooms, and it just fed the beast. And the more I gambled, the better I felt. And unfortunately, I got to a place where I'm, I now have my mortgage you know, on the table in front of me. And if I won a lot of money, it didn't matter. And if I lost a lot of money, it didn't matter. It didn't phase me. I just wanted to play and play and play. And winning and losing became secondary to my desire to play. And I'm kind of the poster child for the worst part of gambling, that it can start off great, but if you're not paying attention to how you're emotionally and mentally reacting to gambling, 
uh, you can go down a slippery uh, slope that does not end well. If I'm going too far, please let me know, Craig. But I'm just wondering, yeah. was it therapy that got you through this? And did you find out what was what was at the bottom of all of this? What was causing you to have this compulsion? Um, so I went to rehab out in a Prescott, Arizona, mm-hmm. and I went there for all the wrong reasons. I was involved in, in, a, in a criminal court case. Uh, I had family that was you know, obviously rightfully so uh, worried about me on my back. So I went there thinking it would make everybody happy. Oh, Craig's going to get help. He must be taking it seriously. But I didn't. I did it for the wrong reasons. And I, I had this really amazing moment where I sat in a room, and there were about 12 other men and women from all across the country. Now, here I was. I thought I was a badass. I'm gambling, you know, $10,000 a hand of blackjack. And these other people in the room with, like, $1 scratch-off addictions, mm-hmm. uh, $5 keno addictions. Uh, so the amount of money immediately became irrelevant. And they went around the room, and because I was the new guy, I told my story last. And one by one, again, all different ages, men and women, told their stories if I had written a script. And they had stolen my feelings and my thoughts from me word for word. And it wasn't until I had that experience that I was able to put my ego aside and say, hey, dummy, if all these people that you've never met describe feeling the exact same things you feel, process gambling the exact same way, there's got to be something to it. And that was the moment where I decided to you know, start getting help and take ownership of the fact that I was the problem. And until, you know, and I think this is probably the same for any addiction, until I was able to put my ego aside and acknowledge that I was an addict and that I do have a problem, there was no way for me to get help. And here I am today, and, you know, I'm proud to say I'm nearly five years without a wager of any kind. Uh, but it never would have happened if I wasn't in that room that day and then decided to look in the mirror and be honest with myself that I legitimately had a problem, because I do. I admire you. I really do um, for that, Craig. It takes an incredible amount of strength to do it, and I'm proud of you. Let's take a break. We come back. I want to talk about some of uh, FanDuel's responsible gaming um, uh, uh, programs, some, some of the uh, the uh, the um, tools that they have. And also I want to talk about the Kick of Destiny because that's got a responsible gaming aspect to it. And that's, for those that don't know, Rob Gronkowski. I presume he's going to try a field goal live during the Super Bowl or at halftime. We'll talk more about that when we come back. We're talking about Craig Carton. We're talking with, rather, Craig Carton, FanDuel's responsible gaming ambassador, about betting responsibly. It's not a job. It's not the way you're going to make a living. It's something to do for fun, but you have to know your limits. And we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about some – um, tools that you can use to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. 919, Tommy Tucker back in a flash on WWL. 925, talking to Craig Carton, FanDuel's Responsible Gaming Ambassador, about responsible gaming and, and enjoying sports betting, but not uh, not losing your stuff over it. And, and he had a problem, and he's been five years bet-free, and, and congratulations on that, Craig. Tell me about this kick of destiny, because it does have a responsible gaming aspect to it, does it not? Uh, yeah, it's uh, so I know it's Gronkowski and uh, Adam Vinatieri is gonna try to kick a field goal at some point during the Super Bowl. You know, but part of it is uh, sending out you know RG uh, playing cards, which uh, have a list of the kind of responsible steps you can take before you get involved with any kind of gambling. Uh, and there are, there's a bunch of things that we encourage uh, people to consider, uh, whether it's setting a budget, setting a time limit. You know, one of my big things is. 
you know, when you lose money, it, you know, you feel it. It sucks, you know. And the idea that you're going to get that money back by making another wager is never the answer. Uh, one of those other steps is, you know, wager what you can afford uh, to lose, meaning don't borrow money to gamble. Because now you just lost money in one place and you owe somebody money. You've just doubled the amount you lost. And at the end of the day, this the, rem- the reminder that gambling of any kind is supposed to be entertaining. And if it gets to a point where it's not fun, where it's all consuming, where it's negatively impacting your life, your relationships, uh, you know, your enjoyment of a kid's dance recital or a Little League game, uh, then you may have a problem. And the idea would be to you know, speak up, share that with loved ones or friends, and recognize that you need to take a break so you can uh, get it under control again before it gets to a place where it's out of control. And I counsel young men and women all the time. You know, unfortunately, have gone down that road, and it is an ugly, ugly road where marriages are lost, mortgages aren't paid, homes are lost. You know, people are divorced, separated from their kids. And I don't want to paint, you know, such a doom and gloom uh, outlook for people, but. If you don't take it seriously, you can go down a really bad road for sure. You know, one thing I see here that I think, boy, and encapsulates it greatly, Craig, is gambling is meant to be entertaining. Stop if it ever ceases to be fun. Yep. Yep. It's like you're like Super Bowl Sunday. You're at a house party. Everybody in the room's got, you know, whether it's a prop wager or, you know, the outcome of the game or what a certain player's going to do. And you're enjoying that going back and forth. I've got one side of the game. You've got the other side of the game. And we're having fun talking about it, discussing it. Hey, I won 10 bucks. Oh, man, I lost that one. But I could afford to do it. And it's social. You know, compulsive gamblers lose that. Compulsive gamblers wind up, you know, in the bathroom with their phone for 20 minutes while everybody else is having a good time, and that's not good. It's not healthy. And when you start going down that road, you start making more and more unhealthy choices, and then you get in a place where it's not everybody. I don't want to scare your listeners. You know, it's still a minority of people that gamble will ever present as compulsive gamblers. But if you consider for a moment, you know, you know, if a year ago there were 100,000 people in Louisiana that gambled, and now there's 5 million, if you just do the easy numbers, you're going to have more and more people that do present with a problem. So our job as a responsible gaming ambassador is just to make people aware of it, I'm not trying to scare anybody off from not doing it, just to make you aware that there are certain triggers that you should be cognizant of uh, to look out for, not only in yourself, you know, but also in your buddies and your family members to make sure that you don't have a loved one who is starting to exhibit potentially bad behavior as well. I lived and worked in Las Vegas for about a year uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I guess. One thing that drove me crazy about going down the front street was that you never knew when to quit. You never knew when you were ahead or when you were behind um, chasing it. You never know, well, when will I ever get this back? And it was at that point that I realized that you can't look at it that way. You have to look at it as you set a budget, you play with this, you enjoy the time that you're doing it, and then you're done. Am, am I pretty accurate there, Craig? Yeah. So, in other words, you know, you're dead on accurate. Make the Super Bowl, for a good example, you're making it a pay-per-view event. If you're betting 100 bucks on the Super Bowl, you can walk away from the Super Bowl if you lose. You lost 100 bucks. You can afford it. All good. 
But if you're losing and now you chase that with, oh, I'm down 100 bucks. Now I'm going to have 200 bucks on a basketball game on Monday. Man, I lost that. Now I got a college game I know nothing about. You know, that's what I'm talking about, not chasing. Use it as entertainment. If you would spend 50 bucks to go to a dinner and a movie with your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or friends, you can view it the same exact way. Hey, I'm willing to spend 50 bucks watching tonight's ball game. And if you keep it confined to that, should never be a problem. You know, I got to a place where, you know, winning a hundred bucks wasn't enough. You know, wagering a thousand bucks wasn't enough. Uh, I can't sit there anymore and put twenty-five bucks on a game. And you know, that's what I want to warn people about: make it fun, make it affordable, make it something reasonable, and make it something that you can wake up the next day with and not have a, a pit in your stomach over how much you lost. Seems like the budget should be the same, win or lose. Yeah, for sure it should. Absolutely right. You know, if you win, take the money, enjoy it. You know, don't get to a place where, oh, I only won X. If you say that sentence, you got a problem. If you bet 100 bucks on the Super Bowl and you win, take your money out, you know, go buy yourself a nice steak tonight, you know, and then live to fight another day. And I say the same thing if you lose the 100 bucks. Do you remember the lowest point, Craig? When you realized you'd hit hot rock bottom, that it was real, other than the meeting that you talked about? Um, yes. Yeah, so for me, the lowest point was, you know, um, hearing a, a judge sentence me to prison wow. uh, was my lowest point and recognizing that I've now forfeited my freedom. And gambling was a big aspect of that. And my desire to bet at levels that were far beyond my financial capability. Uh, and when you're sitting in a room and a judge, your banks her gavel, and has now said that she's taking your freedom away from you for a period of time. Yeah, that is a, that is a very, very tough moment to live through just a couple and of, to just, consider, yeah. Just a couple of minutes left. Some of the things on the FanDuel app that will help you keep track of everything? Yeah, there's tools. So if you go to FanDuel.com slash play well, you can read about those tools. But you can set time limits. So you're not on the website longer than, you know, a reasonable amount of time. You can set wager limits. So you can't bet more than X amount of dollars on any particular game or, or in any period of time. And those are the two big ones for me. Because if you set them in stone before you ever gamble, you'll prevent yourself from then making bad decisions if and when you lose. And to me, those are the two big ones. If you're sitting on FanDuel for three hours a day, you're on FanDuel too much. If you're wagering more money than you can truly afford to lose on your credit card, you're wagering too much. So take stock of what you got. Take stock of a plan. I'm willing to put X amount of dollars towards my gambling for this period of time and set that limit before you make the first bet because then you have to live up to it. And Thank that's you. the best advice I can give you. God bless you, Craig. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and, and, and congratulations, man. You should be proud of yourself. Thank you so much. You I bet. appreciate that very much. Be well. You bet. Craig Carton, FanDuel's responsible gaming ambassador. And, again, FanDuel does not want to drive you broke. They want you to – game responsibly because they want you to be a long-term customer that's what a lot of people don't realize they think that uh, the, the the idea is to bleed you dry and it's anything but that it's all about recreation and having fun 935 20 20- 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 